Well, good morning, everybody. Trust you can hear me okay. I do. Um, we've had all those lurgies that have been doing the rounds in our house, so a bit of a cough. I apologise if that gets a bit distracting this morning, but I'm praying it will be kept at bay. And uh, it's a great privilege to be able to be here and bring this message this morning, uh, number five, I think. Uh, I've got that right, Roger, number five in our series, or thereabouts. Uh, the final one. Um, so I hope I don't undo and spoil everything that's gone before, because this has been, I feel, uh, a series of teaching that has really enriched and blessed us as a church. I know that because of the many conversations uh, I've had with people in the church of how it's been really thought-provoking. It's really stirred them. Um, as we consider, here we are to worship the gifts of the Spirit that God gives to enable us uh, to move deeper and further into his presence together. So this is number five. Um, I wonder what your happy place is. Um, that's an expression that's become more common in recent years, hasn't it? Oh, I'm in my happy place. I'm in my happy place. It might be at a cafe with friends. Maybe you're at the theatre um, watching a film that you love. Um, uh, it just could be having a lie-in. That could be a happy place. It's different for all of us. You might have a few different happy places. I know uh, Tom, Roger, that would be out looking for a rare bird up on the downs. Um, and... All sorts of happy places. Well, my happy place, one of my many happy places, I think, is the place where music and faith meet. Ever since I became a Christian uh, when I was 17, I gave my life to Christ. Uh, I realised that music and faith meet at a special place. And that, I'm not fit for anything else. Ever since then, my, my life has been spent, really, in that place, serving God in the place where music and faith me. It's my happy place. And, you know, I wish I could have been part of all of those conversations earlier on when we were encouraged just to share. Is there a song that's been significant to you? Because I just love to hear those stories. I love to hear how music, how songs have touched and helped people. I just find it thrilling. So I hope maybe over coffee at the end I can hear some of those stories. It blesses me. I think it we bless one another when we share the difference that some of those songs have made in our lives. How they've been part of our faith journey. Just a disclaimer uh, before we dive in this morning. Um, Roger gave such a helpful talk, the first one in this series, and if you weren't here for that and you missed it, then you can get back um, uh, online and chase that talk up. Don't miss it, because it gave a real foundation for what I'm going to say today. So it's very much a part two, really, to Roger's talk, and uh, you'll miss out if you don't go back and revisit what Roger said on that occasion. And he reminded us of this, uh, that worship, of course, isn't just our times of singing. It is huge. It's the whole of our lives, lived in service, sacrifice and surrender to God. And Romans 12 reminds us of this, to be living sacrifices. So worship is everything. It's all that we are given to God, living for him. The whole of our lives lived in service and sacrifice and surrender to God. But you'll be glad to know I'm not going to try and tackle all of that this morning. So that's by way of a disclaimer. That's what worship ultimately is. But we're going to look at that special small corner uh, of what worship can be. And that's when we meet together and we sing our congregational singing. That's what we're specifically thinking about today. Growing as worshippers. That's our title. And uh, do you want to grow as a worshipper? 
Well, there's about three of you who look like you're up for it. So if you come to the front and everybody else can go and have coffee early. Okay, so it won't be much point in me speaking to us now if we don't want to grow as worshippers. I hope there's an appetite in you to grow as a worshipper. I want to try and keep growing um, and learning and be on that journey all my life. And there's so much we could say on this topic. It could take a year of talks, really. But in the next four and a half hours or so, I hope I can cover (laughs) at least some of the ground and then it will be helpful. That's what my prayer and hope is, that you'll take something away that's helpful. At the last count, there's 600 references to sung worship and music in God's Word in the Bible. At its very centre is a book of songs, the book of Psalms. We sometimes look at those, we read it a lot, we pick verses out, but don't forget that all of these are songs. They had tunes, they had melodies, they had accompaniments. They were to be sung, and God puts them right at the heart of his word to us. Today, we will join literally Hundreds, thousands, millions of our brothers and sisters across the world who will be meeting together in different buildings, sometimes outdoors, in different places, in our own city right now. And our brothers and sisters will be singing. We'll be singing. From the beginning, music's been a fundamental link between God and his children. And music and singing, I believe, are truly one of God's greatest gifts. We should never lose sight of our amazing God and how he gives to us in immeasurable ways. But today, the main thought I hope to underline is what we give to him. What we give to him. And if you fall asleep, that's absolutely fine. As long as you remember these four letters. G-I-V-E. Give. And firstly, I want to encourage us just to consider how we give our minds. Give your mind in worship. And uh, Roger um, quoted Eugene Peterson when he spoke uh, with this really helpful quote. Considering worship, it's the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God Many years ago now, I went on a trip to India, um, a kind of mission and music trip. It was a fantastic time. Um, But what was especially significant for me at the start of that trip, that um, I'd never been on a plane before at this stage. Well, I'd been abroad several times. I'd never been, uh, I'd mostly swam, uh, uh, but uh, I'd never been on a plane. And because we were really uh, trying to save money, to get to our destination took four flights, okay, um, all kind of. Uh, cut price kind of deals uh, going to different slightly strange bits of the world to make the journey work. Uh, But I was quite excited about this because I'd never been on a plane before. Um, uh, And that first flight, I was there, oh, look at this, exciting, the engines come on. Everything about it was new and and novel. Um, uh, And of course, then the uh, stewardess got up the front, and you know when they do, start to do all of that safety demonstration and what to do, and if the plane lands on water, and where your seatbelt is, and how to put it on, and all of that at the front. And I was like transfixed. Oh, this is so important. Um, you know, what if all this happens? I need to write this down. I've got to sort of absorb every detail. Uh, 
uh, a little later on, that, that flight had landed. There was another one to get onto taking off. And again, uh, the stewardess got up at the front, and the different stewardess on that flight, she went through all of that routine, and I was really paying attention. Got to the third flight, and like most of the people on the plane, I was really looking out of the window by this stage, okay, and uh, uh, putting my headphones in, getting my book out, and not really paying any attention at all. I wonder if our experience of worship can be a bit like this. We come with good intentions at the start, but so often then uh, it, the routine of it, the habit of it, just wears thin and our minds are distracted and our minds wander. We can kind of stumble in to worship with just our minds not present at all, but we're called to give our minds 1 Corinthians 14, 15. So what shall I do? I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Sing with my understanding. And a key way we stay giving with our minds and our attention is to engage mindfully with the words that we are singing. It's so easy to think, oh, we're just singing worship songs. We've sung some worship songs today. Now, worship, of course, is vital, a vital element of the songs that we sing, as we've done it today, haven't we? Lord, I want to lift your name on high. Just, Rob, team, thank you so much. Just a great song to sing. But our songs have so many different dimensions to them. And we sang today, To You, O Lord. This is a setting of Psalm 25. Not a new song, but new here at CBC in recent uh, weeks and months. Uh, and I, I could hear the volume of it. I think everybody is really enjoying singing out this song. But let me talk you through this song a little bit. Because we should engage mindfully with the words we are singing. Here we go. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. There we begin, okay? To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. So far, so good. But then look at this, Psalm 25. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Okay, so if we're like, I'm just worshipping God, we just kind of miss what's going on here. Because what is this? It's a prayer. Okay, suddenly the song becomes a prayer at this point. What are our enemies if you're not thinking that as you sing out this song, then you're missing out. Okay, you might be facing a struggle at the moment. Maybe there's temptation. Maybe there's sin in your life. Maybe there's doubt, despair. Maybe that's for somebody else as well. We experience these things on our journey all the time, don't we? So when we sing this, this verse here, nor let my enemies triumph over me, that's the prayer in that moment. Take a hold of it. Sing it. It would be different every time we sing it because you might be facing a different thing that moment, that day, that week. Lord, help me in my struggles. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. We move to the chorus because this is the response each time. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. We appeal to God for his help. Oh, how I need you, but I worship, I worship. And verse 2, what happens then? Well, we go somewhere else because we come with another prayer. Lord, lead me. I need guidance at the moment. That, again, that could be different every time we sing it. What are you facing at that moment? Is there a decision you need God's help with? Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Guide me in truth. 
I'm a bit unsure about something I'm reading. Trying to understand, Lord, guide me in your truth. Help me. Help me. Lead me on. For you're my God. My hope is in you. In between, this is verse 3, but in between we go back to the chorus. Okay, we go back to the chorus. I'll talk more about that in a moment. But here's verse 3, and what happens here? Well, it might not seem directly that we are, but we're taken to the cross. Remember, Lord, your mercy and love that ever flow from of old. We get a chance to come in repentance with this verse, to say, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. Because of that, I know I live in that forgiven place. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness of my rebellion, our sinful natures. And after that, as we did this morning, we get to sing out again. People often say to me, oh, why is there so much repetition in these songs? We sang that chorus the once. Why does it need to come again? Why did it need to come a third time? Why did we sing this line that we started with four more times at the very end? Well, I want to say that if we engage with our minds even this many times is not enough. Because each time we sing that song, that chorus, to you, our Lord, I lift up my soul, you can see the context of the verse before it, which is different each time. We're responding in prayer. We're giving thanks for God's mercy and grace for the cross. So each time we get to the chorus, it has a different context. And when we get to the end, we've been to that place of the cross. Show me your ways, teach me your paths, Remember not my sins, Lord. To you I lift up my soul. Boy, don't you want to sing it out again by the time you've gone on that journey with the song? I know I do. It's just not enough. I need to. That's why I have to be physical in worship because sometimes it's not enough just to stand there. I just need to tell him, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. To you, O Lord. And I need to press in. I need to press in because of where the song has taken me. Be specific in the prayer of your mind when you engage in worship. Be specific. Bring yourself, bring your own situation. Give your mind. Colossians 3, 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. And then notice what I've bolded there. Teach through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Because as we give our mind, our theology gets deeper and strengthened. So it's important that the songs we sing contain a good measure of strong and correct and deep theology. Here's a song that we sing often. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. To reveal the kingdom coming, here it comes, to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation, you did not despise the cross, for even in your suffering you saw to the other side, knowing this was our salvation, Jesus for our sake. You died. That's just two verses from this uh, song. Sometimes people say, oh, we just need to sing the old hymns because that's where all the theology is. Here's my exhibit A in response to that. Um, okay, and it's not Jesus wants me for a sunbeam, is it, this song? Look at the theology in this. Look at the, the content in it. 
just two verses of it. You could spend ages on one line here. It's just rich and deep and full and so important. Just one example among hundreds of songs. But we need to be attentive to it. We need to give our minds. It's not easy, I know, because uh, I know myself. Even uh, I just love worship, that place where music and faith is my happy place. But our minds get so easily distracted. Well, what can happen? We can get very cynical, introspective. We can feel our own enjoyment is being hijacked in a time of worship sometimes by the content, the style. It's a bit loud. It's a bit quiet. It's a bit bland. It's a bit complicated. It's just old. It's too new. And our minds contain all these thoughts rather than being given to engagement with God. And that's just minds, our reaction to the worship itself. Our minds can be somewhere else entirely so often, easily distracted, easily misdirected. Most of you, uh, I'm sure, who know me know that I'm a big football fan. It was a great half term this week because as a family we got to go back up to Birmingham and go to uh, the home of the mighty West Bromwich Albion. Okay, and we were there on Wednesday night uh, to witness uh, a really good game, actually. Sadly, uh, we considered an equaliser in the last minute, but that didn't um, uh, deter us from our enjoyment. It was great. Um, One thing I've noticed attending football games is this phenomenon that happens um, that you're watching the game, you know, and it's all going on, and it's just so brilliant to be there. It's brilliant to be there. It's not like watching on the telly, to be there in that atmosphere. Like being here to worship, to be here together is so different. But you, you can often get like sometimes 10 minutes shy of half time and people are already leaving. It's all happening there on the pitch. Anything could happen at any moment. Yet there's people wandering off. And do you know where they're going? Some to the loo, that's all right, I'll grant that. Um, to the pie queue. Okay, Alvin. They are really amazing bolty pies that you get. At, uh, at West Brom, okay, and at all sorts of pies. Uh, I do realise it's a strong temptation, but they're heading for the pie queue, and it, it's all happening, what they've come to see there, but instead, off they go, the pie queue is there. And just a simple thought I want to give you, church, today is when we're worshipping, don't head for the pie queue. <laughs> don't head for the pie queue. Roger said this, our very own Roger H., and this really stayed with me from his talk. Worship is a choice before it is a feeling. Don't choose the pie cue. Stay in the game. Give your mind in worship. Give your mind. Give your heart. Worship in the New Covenant is primarily an internal disposition of the heart rather than a physical position of the feet. Um, and uh, a picture came to me when preparing this talk that I just wanted to share uh, with you today. Um, I have a memory, a very special memory. When I was um, little, just at primary school, after school there was a playground out beside the school and all the kids used to hang out there while they were waiting to be collected. Um, and it was my mum always. She'd have to go and get my sister and then my other brother from their other school and nursery and so on. And then she would always collect me. But because of that timing, I would always be the last child left in the playground. Come on. 
you know, that's it. The wind and the rain was blowing. And, no, it wasn't, it wasn't so bad. Uh, but I'd get picked up by my mum. This one particular day, there I was in the playground on my own as normal. And I looked up, and there at the gate was my dad. Now, my dad had to work away a lot. Um, he's often abroad with his work. And it had been one of those occasions. Um, so he never picked me up uh, because of his work. But this particular day, there was my dad, because he'd returned after several weeks away abroad. And I can tell you, I ran across that playground, just bombing it into his arms. It was just fantastic. It's my dad. He's here. And uh, I especially remember it because it had been my birthday while he'd been away, and he bought me this amazing Lotus Esprit. I love to play with toy cars. This was from the James Bond film at the time, The Spy Who Loved Me. Okay, and this was the car that went underwater. It was amazing anyway, but I, it was an amazing present. That's why I've got that there that he bought me. It sticks in my mind. And you know, the picture I had um, for us was all of us, CBC, church, running across that playground to be with our father to get into his presence, some of us stumbling a bit, others helping others, some of us carrying loads, maybe dropping things along the way. But nonetheless, all of us en masse heading to our Father to give him our hearts, to encounter him afresh. Give our hearts. It can seem perhaps a bit vague and fluffy, can't it? That kind of thing. What do you mean by that, give our hearts? But I wonder if we know what that means. I think we might. The Psalms teach us to be open, to be real, to be honest. Here I am, just as I am. I love you. I'm lost without you. You have my heart. I'm listening. Give your heart. And music I believe, helps us so much in this because in its power and mystery, it engages our emotions. It helps take the expression of the words we sing to a different place entirely. Sing and make music from your heart, from your heart to the Lord, Ephesians 5, 19. Yip Harburg might be a name you're, you're not familiar with. He was a, a famous songwriter who wrote lyrics for many of the Hollywood classic songs, especially famous for writing the lyrics to Over the Rainbow would be his most famous song. But he said this. Uh, I love this quote. When you read words, you think a thought. When you listen to music, you feel a feeling. But when you sing a song, you feel a thought. When you sing a song, you feel a thought. And this marriage of words and music is such a gift to us. So commit your singing and volume and effort. Let music move you and help you. It's God's gift as we give to him. Give your heart. Give your mind. Give your heart. And give to each other. Give to each other. Note the title of our series, Here We Are to Worship. Time and again in the pandemic season, I heard the comment about how people were missing singing together. Did you miss it? Yeah. I hope so. It's a bit like going from black and white to colour, isn't it? That trying to sing on your own and then suddenly being all together again. And a key element is because of that opportunity and chance to give to each other in worship. 
Well, what is it that we give? We build unity, solidarity. We sing for one another and to one another. Just that same passage here, Colossians 3.16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. And Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. And you know, this is because your singing builds the faith of the people around you. It's done that for me this morning. I'm often up there and go, don't quite get to hear it the same. Uh, a couple of times recently, I've been able to be in the congregation, sit with Cecily and just hear the singing. And I'm here to say thank you. Thank you so much. Turn to the person next to you. Thank them for their singing this morning. Go on. <laughs> and in fact, can we all give one another a round of applause? Because... And this, this isn't just for today. This is for all the weeks that you come here. And that's what's happening. We encourage and build one another and grow with our singing. You might think my voice could never help anybody at all. But that is just not true. It's the heart. So however you're singing, you think it's like, it builds faith. It builds faith. We encouraged the youngest. It was amazing. I think it's Hannah Johnson here this morning. You know, when we sang that opening song, you should have seen her. Absolutely into it. So action songs might not be your thing, but when we step in, we build the church. We build the church when we join together in unity. And I like to think of this as being the horizontal element of our worship. There's a dimension, of course, that's from God and to God, a vertical element that's crucial, but also this horizontal element that the worship is building and growing the church the Blessing, a song we sing, and I think we're going to be singing later, which is good news. Um, now, this was a really popular song, wasn't it, during the lockdown? Um, and it was the horizontal aspect of this song that really landed, because it was a prayer, a prayer for each other, just at a time, and boy, we needed that, didn't we? A timeless prayer coming straight from God's word, number six, a community song, a horizontal song. And when you sing this, again, I'd encourage you, bring your mind to it, because who is it you want to bless and keep you? Don't just sing it out. Place the name there, the Lord bless you. That person right now, I'm singing it for them, and keep you. That's what it's for. We're not singing the Lord bless you and keep you. That's not what it's saying. Okay, if we go into that worship, I'm just here doing worship. It's not. This is a prayer for one another, a horizontal prayer, a horizontal song. And every time, again, it's different. You might say, oh, we're singing that song again. But it's not ever going to be the same if you bring your prayer of the moment to it. The Lord bless you. Make his face shine upon you. We get all those the wonderful bridge sections of the song that say in the morning. Um, we were singing it recently. Um, and that bit in the morning, I knew someone who was having a particular battle with anxiety that hit them first thing in the morning. So as we sang out in the morning, in the evening, that blessing, that was my prayer in the moment. That was my prayer in the moment. You can sometimes pause in your singing as we sing together, maybe because it's come to you so strongly, someone's name or situation, that you just want to stay there and bring them. And the song helps you to do that as others sing around you. Please try it if you've never done that. Um, it's alive for the moment then, the song, as you sing. And as you sing for others, they sing for you. 
and over you. Isn't that wonderful? Is it wonderful? I think it is. We get to sing over and to one another. Give your mind, give your heart, give to each other. Worship isn't always straightforward or smooth, so I thought you might enjoy seeing this. He does deserve a round of applause, really, doesn't he? Bless him. Yes, worship, sadly, doesn't always run smoothly. Um, and I just want to take it, before we come into land this morning, I just want to take a slight sidestep here to talk about worship and the battlefield of worship. And this is something of my own heart, because worship, sadly, doesn't always run smoothly, that's for sure. And my experience working in churches and with music and worship for many, many years has shown me that it can be a constant source of discontent, tension and disunity in churches. The how, when and why of worship, all the conflicting views that would be represented in a diverse congregation like ours and we quickly turn in on ourselves and on each other and can plant our flags our kind of tribal worship flags if you like um and uh church i've got to say this morning i hate it so much and it's so sad um but i've come to realize this that this should be no surprise and why would it ever surprise us Um, because the stakes are so high. And it's because of this, I believe, in the power of worship. When we're united in song and we lift the name of Jesus, it's so powerful. It shakes the earth. It's defiance. It's a battle cry. It builds God's kingdom. It fires us up to serve him more. It unites us. It deepens our theology. It strengthens our discipleship. It's a mighty kingdom thing. It raises a banner, truth, light and hope in a world that so needs it. So of course we will be under attack. Why wouldn't be? Why wouldn't we be constant attack when we worship? Expect it, fight it, be ready. Worship is a choice before it is a feeling. Claim the ground win some battles, win that battle for concentration, for engagement against distraction, 
the great and present temptation to be passive consumers, just being entertained in worship. Win that battle against apathy, cynicism, tribalism. Please pray for me and all the team, those who serve here who, and those who lead, those who do such a fantastic job in all of the technical roles supporting as well, because the battles faced are many, pride, ego, insecurity, navigating tricky lines between performance and service, entertainment and engagement, handling the many encouragements that come, but also the many biting criticisms that can be received. Please pray for us, because it is a battlefield. And without Christ, we lose every time. But in Christ, we always have the victory. Give your mind, give your heart, give to each other. Finally, give to God. Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God and King. I'll praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. It's all about him. I say finally, give to God. It's not finally at all, is it? Our list should really look like this. Give to God. Give your mind. Give your heart. Give to each other. Give to God. The beginning and end, first and last, Alpha, Omega, the source and the object of our worship. When Jesus was asked, well, what's it all about? What's it all about? What's the bottom line? This was his reply, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. That's where the rubber hits the road. Be thou and thou only the first in my heart, high king of heaven, my treasure thou art. There's a couple more things I was going to share, which I'm not going to do that now. Um, I'm going to invite Rob and the team back up because we're going to sing again. Give to God, give your mind, give your heart, give to each other, give to God. Let's pray together before the team lead us. Lord, so often our default position uh, as we come to worship you is one of taking and receiving and thinking about ourselves. Our eyes and heart and mind can be inwards. Lord, help us to turn all of that outwards and to be a people who give in worship. Lord, help us to give to you, to give our minds, to give our hearts, to give to each other, to give to you. Amen. <laughs>